What was I going to say? The hell of a way to start the hour. What was I going to say? I had a brain fart. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have a brain fart. It's Blair and Barker. It's Brain Fartless Friday on uh, Sportsnet 590 Defense. Sportsnet Radio Network at Sportsnet. You're fartless. Can I even say that? No. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, only I, neat Only word. I can say. It's not a mean word. I said neat. <clears throat> oh, a neat word. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Jays lineup for tonight against the Kansas City Royals. George Springer leading off. Bo Bichette is back at shortstop in the number Welcome two back, hole. Bo. Welcome back, Bo. Vladdy Jr. is hitting third at first base. Davis Schneider is the DH. Kevin Vigio's at third. Yeah. Whit Merrifield is at second. Nah, just, 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 okay. just. Dalton Varsho's in left. Alejandro Kirk is behind the plate and in center field. Kevin Kiermaier. I'm not saying this is going <laughs> to happen, but me and Jeff are doing the postgame show tonight. Is that if, happening? If, if, if Bo Bouchette hits a ground ball to short and like lollygags to first, we don't want to hear no calls coming in saying that Bo needs to be benched and, Okay, because well, you know you got a wonky knee and a quad. Well, you know, well, you know, if he does, which he won't, because that's not him, and he'll do just enough to not be noticed on a ground ball to short. That's a big licker. That's what you do. Yeah, do, do, do. You do exactly. just enough. Yeah, but we won't take that call. <laughs> so, where's just show? Saying, just saying. Show was happening. in there a minute ago. Show, you better be listening to that. <laughs> it ain't happening. And Billy and Markham, if you're yeah, going to call Billy. up to complain about something, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, you, you, you can uh, you can complain about anything because you know I love you like a brother. But uh, yeah, Billy yelled at Vladdy for throwing a guy out of third. I got <laughs> you know what I, I don't. Billy holds uh, peeper peep people <laughs> peepers. Billy holds anyhow. Billy holds people to a higher standard is what I was trying to say. Was he out at third or not? Anyhow, John Schneider is the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, we will talk to John at 630. We've got Jays tickets to give away to see the Rangers as well. Had you guys a little worried That's there? That's why you get paid all the big I can, bucks. All I can say is... <laughs> it is Friday. All I can say That's is <laughs> just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the show. Everybody take a deep breath. God, you would have screwed that up big time. Uh, not a chance that Bobo was happening. hadn't gotten your ear and said, not a hey, chance it was Sherlock, happening. it's the other Schneider. <laughs> it is the Schneider Power Hour. What's happened? And to get show? us going, the other Schneider. The babe. The babe. Joined Barker and myself today. Very pleased to be joined now by Davis Schneider of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Davis, I've uh, just before you came on, I read out your stats. Um, this uh, the first twenty games of your career. There's a one point three five eight OPS, which is the highest by any player uh, through his first twenty games in MLB history. Simple question, man: How the hell are you doing this? Uh, I mean. I ask myself that every day, you know, I mean, you know, I feel like it's still kind of like not a reality for me, but you know, I'm just going to keep riding that way for however long I can. Cause you know, you know, it's baseball. So I'm bound to get cold or, you know, going on a cold streak here and there, but, um, you know, I'm just trying to keep it for as long as I can. Davis, if somebody came up to you and asked you what kind of hitter you are, describe yourself, what would you say? I would say I'm a patient hitter who knows what I can do at the plate. 
because, you know, I'm not going to guy who's going to hit a ball 115 miles per hour like, you know, these guys do on a daily, like a, uh, or like Olsen or anything like that. I'm going to be maxing out like 110, 111, like on a, uh, maybe like on my bed, one of my best days, but you know, I'm, I know I can lift the ball in the air pretty well. And so I'm trying to do that whenever I can, I'm trying to find a pitch I can do that, put over the left field fence because, you know, I, I can, I can go to right field, but that's not where I'm going to make most of my, uh, hard contact. So I'm just going to wait for that pitch unless I get two strikes where I have to battle, but you know, I'm just trying to hook the ball somewhere between left center and left field. Uh, what needs to happen for you to pull the ball in the air? Um, for me, try not to think about hitting it hard. If I overswing, that's where my swing gets kind of long and I just start fouling off those pitches where I usually hit well. So like, as long as I can just make sure, you know, I'm staying under control. I feel like that's where I can make, uh, most of my good swings are at. That's a great answer. Now, look, I, I've talked to a bunch of your teammates, Bo Bichette, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The elevated fastball is a thing. Like, it's a topic around baseball is, you know, how do you attack it? What do you do? Do you swing at it? Do you take it? Uh, you know, when you first got here, it was, right, it was obvious that that's where they were trying to go after you had some success. They were trying to find ways to get you out. It's the elevated fastball. I got to ask, you know, it seems like you went into a lab, you came out of the lab, all of a sudden, it's not an issue anymore. What did you do to try, I don't want to say correct it, but give yourself a chance to at least try and hit it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just simple stuff. I mean, make, making sure, like, you're doing machine work that um, kind of makes uh, throws high fastballs up in the zone and just kind of getting comfortable with it. Obviously, it's still going to be a hole of mine. I mean, just the way it, my swing works and just the way it is. But as long as you feel comfortable knowing that I either can foul it off or at least make sure I can lay off of it when I need to, then I feel like that's the biggest thing. Because sometimes I do get in a rut where it looks so good to where I want to swing at it and I swing and miss. But, like, there are times where I need to lay off of it. And I feel like that's the biggest thing is not always swinging at it, but making sure if I do swing at it, at least I can get to it and, and at least foul it off sometimes. Davis, I'm wondering, with the, the type of year you were having at AAA, the numbers you were putting up, and, you know, you're looking at the Blue Jays, and we, I mean, this this is an organization that hasn't been able to hit its stride offensively almost all year. At any point were you kind of sitting there thinking, man, what do I got to do to, you know, to, 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 to get up here? What do I have to do to get up there and stay up there? Or do you just have to focus on what you're doing and impress the people you need to impress and just kind of have faith that when the time comes, they'll make the call. Yeah. I think, you know, it. like hope just keep doing what I was doing down there and hoping on, you know, if after the whole year, if I didn't get called up or anything like that, it's just the way it is. You know, I have no control over what moves uh, they can make or not make. So like, you just got to keep going and trying to compete down there. And, you know, our manager down there, Casey Kandel and our hitting coach, Matt Haig, like they make sure that, you know, you're focusing on, you know, the stuff down there because they want to win down there. And, you know, when your mind is off of like the major leagues and focusing on that team, it makes it a lot easier to go out there and play because, you know, obviously the goal is to, you know, make the big leagues and everyone knows that. But, you know, playing at the team down there makes it a lot easier and a lot better just to kind of go out there and just put your work in because you're playing for the guy next to you down there as well. So, you know, it's a great team down there and, you know, a great group of guys that, you know, I love playing with. Now, Davis, I, I would imagine that when you get up to the major leagues, you've got more stuff available to you, mm -hmm. you know, more in the way of analytics, uh, things of that nature. How do you go about 
<laughs> not getting inundated with stuff. Because to me, it would almost be like you're a kid at Christmas. You go into this room <laughs> and you got all these labs and everything and all this stuff and all these people. How, how do you just narrow it down to doing what you need to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm like an old school guy to begin with because, I mean, even in AAA, we kind of got advanced scouting reports on guys and what type of pitches they throw and everything like that. And for me, I kind of just look at the guy and I see their velo and I see the percentages that they throw. And obviously, I mean, that's all I kind of really need because if I dive dive too deep into some of the analytical stuff, I kind of overthink and that makes me kind of go into a hole to where like, all right, I got to do this and do that on this certain pitch. And I'm like, you know, it's just baseball at the end of the day. I mean, it's been around for a hundred plus years and, you know, people were doing it back in the 1940s without all this stuff. So like, if you can just simplify it a little bit, that's what makes me kind of a, do a little bit better just because, you know, you just got to go out there and just play at some point because, you know, if you, like I said, if you dive too deep into all the back end analytical stuff, then, you know, I mean, I think that it's just a little bit too much for me. So I just kind of simplify it and make sure, you know, just kind of, um, like I say, yeah, just try to simplify and make sure that I'm, I'm in the right spot that day. Davis, the first time I saw a Kevin Brown OO breaking ball, you know, it was a little get me over, but it was a big league get me over. And I was like, boy, this could be a, lo- this could be a long year for me if I don't figure out either how to lay off of that or, or put that thing in play, especially early in counts. Is, was there one of those moments where everybody has as a, as a, as a hitter where, you know, you, you've been in the minor leagues, you've seen how that looks in the minor leagues, and you get to the big leagues and you start to see whatever that separation is between the minor leagues and the big leagues. Was there one of those moments where the breaking ball looked different, the location on the fastball looked different, the tunneling looked different? Was there one of those moments? Yeah, for sure. When I pinched it against the Phillies in that two-game series a couple of weeks ago, um, I faced Soto, and he threw me three three sliders, two sliders um, that were nasty down and in. I was like, how does anyone hit this? And then he threw a hundred up and away to me that I checked swung at. And I was like, all right, I mean, if this is what the big leagues is, there's no way I can handle this. But, you know, obviously Soto is like the outlier and there's obviously a bunch of guys who can do that. But I remember Bo was talking to me the other week and he said, you know, there's, there's a lot of good pitchers in this league, but most of them, you know, they make mistakes. If, if they didn't make mistakes, they would have zero ERA. So when he said that to me, I was like, you know, I just got to make sure when they do make mistake, I'm ready for it. And so obviously, like I said, there's Garrett Coles and Sotos and, and all these guys that are pretty nasty, but you know, you just got to make sure that when they do make mistake, you're ready for it. Davis, you're in 429 off the breaking ball. Did you realize that 429 with four doubles? Off the breaking ball? I did ball. not know that. Yeah, no. so, so obvi- obviously, obviously you can hit the fastball and the breaking ball. I think you're hitting, what, 375 off the fastball. Six out of the seven armors you got are off the fastball. Like, you know, athleticism and, and getting the foot down on time and thinking fastball first, that seems to be working for you. Simplify that thing as much as possible. Continue to do that. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a pretty nice little big league career for yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Davis, last question before you let you run. Uh, what's been the coolest thing so far about being being in the majors? Um, I feel like this is a team we have here because all these guys are, you know, veterans and very established big leaguers. And, you know, a couple years ago I was watching them on TV in the playoffs, you know, Springer in the World Series and winning World Series MVP. And so, like, being the teammates with all these guys here is pretty cool. And, you know, like, when I first got here, you know, I was very, like, nervous and everything like that. But, you know, they made me feel pretty welcome when I first got here. And, you know, they're they're all really nice to me. They're all cool to me. And no one's kind of, like, 
big league me in per se, like make, they kind of showed me up or anything, which is awesome just because you hear stories about like some big leaguers kind of like, you know, doing that type of stuff, but not here. All these guys are pretty awesome. So I couldn't really ask for a better team to start it with. Listen, Davis, we really appreciate you joining us again. Congratulations on the start. Please keep it going. Uh, it's a ton of, I don't have to tell you how much fun we've had watching you and fans have had watching you. So enjoy it, stay healthy, and uh, we'll be talking again. Thanks a lot, Davis. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Davis Schneider of the Toronto Blue Jays, the first of two Schneiders to grace our show today. Um, so a pretty simple approach. Seems to be very common sense. And yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's always that easy. I, I, I think what he's been through in the minor leagues has sort of forced him into. It has to be simple. If not, I'm gonna drive myself nuts. Like, like you know, he went. He basically went through never playing to you know, playing all the time and Ray, like you got to simplify things enough to just say, what gives me the best chance to be the best me? And yeah, he's a strong kid who, if he pulls the ball in the air, has a chance of having success. And how do you do that consistently? It's if you can consistently do that, you're going to have a chance of playing more times than not. And I think I think you got to buy into something. He's bought into it. Maybe yeah. he's forced into buying into it just because <laughs> he wasn't playing and you need to do more than other prospects are doing to be noticed. He's a hard worker, obviously. Everybody you talk to that's ever been around him says he's one of the harder workers. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not anything that I don't think we already know. But it's just he's got talent. He... Got, when, you, when you think along with your talent – he can be dangerous, and now he's dangerous. He has seven home runs in his first 20 games. Only Carlos Delgado, uh, who had eight in his first 20 games, has hit as many. Carlos's games were spread over two years, 93-94. Uh, Davis Schneider, among Blue Jays through their first 20 career games, first in times on base, 42. Mm-hmm. First in walks, 15. Second in homers, I mentioned, seven. Second in extra base hits, 15. Tied for second in RBI, 19. Tied for fourth in hits, 25. He's hitting 385 with 15 extra base hits and 15 walks. His OBP is 512. His 1.368 OPS through 20 games is the highest by any player in MLB history. 1.368 OPS through 20 games is the highest by any player in MLB history. Uh, if you're wondering, he, uh, we mentioned, he's gotten on base 42 times in 20 games. Bo Bichette, 36 times in his first 20 games in 2019. Nelson Liriano, 35 times in his first 20 games in 1987. Eric Hinsky, 34 times in his first 20 games in 2002. And Devin Travis. 33 times in his first 20 Yeah, he's years. a young guy, too. Uh, that, that helps. <clears throat> 24 you know, years old, you know, I what, think, what, he? what he's doing, yeah, <clears throat> what he's doing, too, is, you know, if you didn't want to, if you were thinking that you're on the bubble about bringing Whit Merrifield back, if this guy continues, now he ain't got to do this all the time. That's it's impossible to hit 375 off the fastball and over 400 off the breaking ball. Like, <laughs> really you know, is you're not you gonna be, he's not going to be able to do that all the time. But if he has an approach to the point where, you know, if if – the league starts doing different things, and he has the adjustability to correct that sort of on the fly and not let it fester and be able to go out and go, okay, you're starting to throw me breaking balls and fastball counts. It's fine. 
You can do it a couple games, and I'll look like I've never played baseball before, but then I'm going to go in and figure out ways to hit it, and you can't do it anymore. I think that's sort of maybe what you're seeing here is it might, I'm not saying they're going to do it because there's a bunch of games left and, and these at bats are going to, they're, they're going to mean a lot here coming down the stretch, but I mean, he's turning eyes. I mean, he's, he's, he's all of a sudden telling the front office that, Hey, I can do some things. Remember me? This is, this is the, the thing about Davis Schneider and what he has created. And I would argue that he's shown enough that even if, and look, you're right, he is going to come back to earth. But he has certainly shown enough so far that if I'm an organization that probably isn't bringing my third baseman back, um, yeah, probably isn't bringing my center fielder back, maybe you bring Kevin Kiermaier. He may not want to hold, he may not want a King's ransom. So, I think you have that discussion with Kevin Kiermaier, but but let's just for now let's just say that it's likely that 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 he uh, that he doesn't come back. Um, second base is open. Now you've got young guys in the minor leagues. True, you've got Addison Bar- Barger. <laughs> David Schneider's not much older than Addison Barger. Was he two years old? Three years older? Two years older? Maybe mm. one year old? I, so I mean, you got that. Um, Second base, as I said, isn't open. Is is open, and of course you're going to have you're going to have bench guys. And we know one thing this organization likes is they likes its dudes to be able to play multiple positions. I guess I don't I don't know enough about Davis Schneider defensively. Yeah, yet to say I would be comfortable having him as my everyday second baseman. Or I mean, my my everyday third baseman. Yeah, I'm not sure he has the arm strength to play third. Yeah, day. I don't. I mean, I just don't. I I've, I've I just watch him hit. Catch and, the ball right at you. Play second. Catch the ball right at you. Yeah, I'm not sure he's an everyday player either. Like I'm sure they'd have to, you know, do whatever they have to do to. But to you're right. If, get if, the best out of him. But if if he if I if we just settle on him as being a second baseman. You're right. I mean, that comp, it, whatever decision there was with Whit Merrifield is complicated. Th- I don't think they would have to do that. I, I think him being able to play second, third, left is a benefit to everybody, including him. That'll keep him in the big leagues. Oh, I, I, oh there's no like, doubt. He, he could struggle a little offensively trying to figure things out because he's going to. Like right, every, he, everybody does. He's going to. But him being versatile enough to play three positions – at a decent level, don't have to just catch a ball right at you. Like, yeah, you know, you you make the special play occasionally, hit the cutoff guy, you know, make the right throws. I think what he really does, the guy he he might complicate it for is Santiago Espinal more than anybody else. Yeah, a Santi's a guy for me needs to change the scenery. Yeah, he's been he's been quiet quietly. He's he's been having a he's he's been having a good run right now. But I'm you. I think Sant, Santi's got a. I would like to see Santi get a chance again to be an everyday player someplace is what I'm going to say. I would like to see him get the chance. I think, I, he's, I, a, I, I think he's a big leaguer. What what kind of big leaguer? Yeah, I'm not. It's, a, it's okay to be the, the, the oh, hell yeah. fourth infielder. It's yeah. okay to be that. Like, you again, you, uh, San, you, you okay ninth inning base is loaded. If the ball's hit to third, he's playing third. I mm, am. I am. Short, I am. Yeah. Second, I am. Like, you're okay with him every single time getting the ball when it matters the most, and it's just the wear and tear of 
How do you make adjustments when you got to hit the breaking ball if you're playing every day? There's a lot of adjustments there. Uh, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer, Kevin Barker, to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Our last trivia question and answer was, it was a good one. Which Blue Jays pitcher was the first to record 100 wins with the team? He reached the milestone after tossing a four-hit shutout against Kansas City. The answer was Jim Clancy. That's a good question. Mm. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Rangers down at the Rogers Center on September 11th. This is a good question, especially since we were just talking about second base. Current Rangers second baseman Marcus Semyon made a costly throwing error in August 2021 against which team as a member of the Blue Jays? Current Rangers second baseman Marcus Semyon made a costly throwing error in August 2021 against which team as a member of the Blue Jays? Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I think I'm the only person in Canada who thinks Vladdy should have caught that ball in the air. Uh, no. No You're what? Not. I, I, yeah, I. Agree I don't think I don't think it's a bad throw. I remember. The I play. mean, I, obviously, you wanted a chest all the time, one hundred percent of the, the time. But but it also you, you know that that was Marcus Simeon had a great year. That play cost them a win that would have put them in the playoffs. Yeah, I can't put it any other way. Yeah, but you are right. Um it should have been caught. For me, anyway. But, but who wants to pile on? I don't. Well, you just did. I don't want to give you it to did. the dude that signed for $175 million. Yeah. It's his fault. That's a good question, Boffo. That's a, that's a good question. I would have. I, I, I remember the play. I remember the situation. I remember everything about it. I didn't remember who it was against. God's honest truth. I didn't remember which team it was against. So uh, there you go. I'll read it again. Current Rangers second baseman Marcus Semyon made a costly throwing error in August 2021 against which team is a member of the Blue Jays? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. And uh, you could win tickets to see the Jays and the Rangers at the Rogers Center on September 11th. And uh, you certainly do want to see that game. Hmm. Uh, seven Oh seven will be the first pitch tonight. Before we get to the Rangers, there is a small matter of a three game series against the Kansas city Royals at the Rogers center. Seven Oh seven first pitch. Um, it'll be, you say Kikuchi on the mound against Colin Snyder. What are you looking for from Mr. Kikuchi tonight? Yeah. Don't force your misses. That for me is, I think what it is, right? It's when when you're in Colorado and you want to make sure it's not down the middle, you try and force it, you try and break it off a little bit more, you're a little bit more fine. You want to make sure you miss, you really miss. Now attack the zone. like And and know who can beat you. I, I think that's the two things. He's had a good enough year that he can pitch around certain guys. Bobby Witt Jr., right? Certain situations you need to do that, you can do it, right? Don't Don't give him something he can beat you on. You do that because you're a smart guy. You'll give your team a chance to win by two runs. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Jesus, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, he's given up 13 runs in his last three starts. Now, 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 now. Uh, four of those runners. But uh, since the All-Star break, Kikuchi's 
2.50 ERA trails Tyler Glasnow at 2.33 and Cole Reagans at 151 for the best mark in the Yale. Cole Reagans is a guy that we will see on Sunday. I know there's some guys in the bullpen who pitch a lot, but interesting to see how John handles, how quickly the trigger is to get the starter out. Speaking of John, he is the manager of the Blue Jays. John Schneider. Oh, yeah. 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 Teed it up for me. John Schneider joins us next. It's Blair and Barker. Seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight from the Rogers Center. The fan in the stands wearing a uh, fake mustache, Davis Schneider mustache. Fan favorite. Already. I always wanted my own bobblehead. Huh? Did you never get a bobblehead? I wasn't good <laughs> enough. You have to be good to get that. I don't know about that. I mean, they who, have bobble. They have, they have bobbleheads. A lot of uh, bobbleheads in the minors. Yeah, Casey Candell bobblehead. Uh, yeah, I, not when I played. That wasn't a thing when I played. Louisville should have a bobblehead for you because you're the career leader in home runs. A lot of things there. Yes, yes. that means you're too, there too long. I guess. Yeah. No, I never Virginia got Virginia Tech ever have a bobblehead for you? No. Didn't Talking have a, about in the big leagues. Didn't have a bobble hokey or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, it is uh, Friday. It is Blair and Barker. We will be doing Blue Jays talk immediately following tonight's Jays victory over the Kansas City lots Royals. Lots of positivity. Yeah. We want lots uh, we, and lots we, of positivity. A lot of it. Yeah. Don't, don't be bringing us down after the show, after the game. Don't be bringing us down. <laughs> be optimistic. They're half a game up. Don't worry about the big picture. Big, plenty of time for somebody will get fired at the end of the year. Plenty of time for that to happen. <laughs> plenty of time for somebody to get fired. You don't have to worry about that. So let's focus on the game. Fired? Focus on the wild card race. I'm just saying. Hmm. If you do that, it'll be one of the keys to a happy life. Take it from me. John Schneider is manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Every Friday, he graces us with his presence. This being Friday, well, very pleased to be joined by John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And, John, I guess as you get set for this uh, big homestand, good news for everybody is that uh, Bo Bichette will be back and uh, and available. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Bo will be back uh, active tonight, um, which is uh, huge for us, obviously. Uh, still, I think, you know, in doing so in the next couple of days, we'll, uh, we'll be mindful of his playing time and things like that. Um, and you know, don't want don't want to take a, a step back. He's he's worked really hard to get to this point in a in a short amount of time. So um, just excited to have him back uh, tonight. Now, how would you uh, envision? Obviously, when Bo comes back, will he go right back into the number two spot, and then you'll you know you'll you'll kind of build it around there? Yeah, um, it'll be him and George and Vlad at the top, um, and then kind of you know work from there. Um, but yeah, just envisioning him kind of right back where he, uh, where he usually is. And uh, again, I think the biggest thing is just kind of 
you know, monitoring, you know, the workload of, of the games uh, for the next handful of days or so. Yeah, now, obviously, the next 10 home games, Bo's going to help with, with the run scoring. You know, I, well, I'm obviously, you know this, that you guys are 23rd in home runs at home. You're 25th in runs scored. But you are 11th in on-base percentage, which is a big deal, right? you got to get on base if you're going to score any runs, uh, at least a lot of them. Uh, John, how can you help in this next 10 games knowing what I just said and obviously knowing the issues you guys have scoring at home? Is there anything you can do as a manager to sort of push – the envelope to, you know, to put a little pressure on an opposing team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fine line. We've been dealing with it all year to where, you know, you have, you have the personnel do some things on the bases, but you want to, you don't want to run into any outs, right? You have personnel to hit and run, I think, um, you know, and you got, you just got to get into situations to do that. So um, trying to work through some matchups that may be tough or trying to, put pressure on the defense is something we're going to try to continue to do um, when guys are on base at the same time, you know, it's not taking the bat out of their hand or not taking, you know, not allowing them to do what they're good at. So uh, we get that the runway is getting short in the season here and you gotta, you gotta really go. So there's definitely going to be times where, you know, if you got to score in different ways, we're going to try to take advantage of that. Now, John, we spent a lot of time talking about your team's issues with runners and scoring position when you weren't, getting hits with runners in scoring position. But since August, you now lead the league, the ML, MLB, I should say, with a 327 average with runners in scoring position. A couple of questions for you. One, why doesn't it feel like that to a lot of us? And two, accepting that it is the case, what changed? Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like that, I think, as we've talked about it for about four and a half straight months. Um, but I think you know, putting an emphasis on contact, you know, with guys in scoring position, you know, I think one of the biggest things that, that you can do uh, to put the odds in your favor is putting the ball in play. And I think over the past month, we've done a much better job of that, whether it was, you know, uh, people who were up at the time, or I think having a, a approach to really say, okay, I'm going to put this thing in play and good things are going to happen. So combination of both, I think um, just the guys that were up and, and the approach that was being executed. So it is, it is weird and it can turn quick. Um, hopefully it continues to go in the direction it went in August. And, um, you know, that's been, that's been our conversations with the, with those guys. It's, we have no problem getting the traffic on and, um, you know, we got to just really, really be uh, hyper aware of putting that ball in play when we do have guys on base. John, is there any worry of preaching that too much? I'm a player. I listen to my coach, you know, say this for four and a half months. I, you know, it sort of gets monotonous and I just don't want to hear it anymore. Is there any worry about that, right? Where you got talent. Like I, we've said it enough. We can't say it anymore. Just go out there and hopefully you do it right. And hopefully the talent takes over. I mean, yeah, it's a fine line. I mean, these guys talk about, you know, amongst themselves too. So it's, uh, you know, you don't want to do too much. You don't want to, you know, go out go out and say, you know, it sound like a broken record, but at the same time, it's, you know, our job as a staff, it's just like, like anything, it's highlighting areas for opportunity to get better. So we're, we'll continue to talk about it, but at the same time, we trust that, you know, these guys are, are ultimately the ones that are going to go out and get it done.
Okay, I got to ask my weekly Vladimir Guerrero Jr. question. Me, me and Jeff do the post game show. <laughs> me, me and Jeff do the post game show on the radio every single night. We, and we get phone calls. Uh, there's quite frankly some hatred with with Vladdy. Obviously, oh, hatred's a strong word. Uh, well, it's they're they're disappointed. Just, d- there you mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, there you go. There's I think there's a little of both with the calls that we take about you know the performance and and those kind of things. And there I think there's a little. We get some calls about you know some some that. They think he's selfish. He's not running balls out. Uh, you know, we saw the the double that should have been a double that wasn't a double. Obviously, uh, you know, there's there's <laughs> there there's some the, there's some thought that maybe you know we take some calls on John should uh, you know maybe move him down in the order, bench him a couple of days. If you were on our show, which would be a lot of fun if you ever were, if you were on our show, how would you answer those calls? John from New Jersey. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. I mean, I think the way I would answer it is that we're talking about one of the most talented players in the big leagues. And, you know, performance aside, I mean, this dude, this dude posts every day and just tries to help his team win every day. Probably, you know, almost too much at times, you know, especially with Bo and Chappie and out, I think there was a little bit of a, of a heightened sense of, okay, I got to, I got to do a little bit more. So, I mean, the other things, the other things that I think people, you know, want to, want to complain about or talk about, or, you know, whether it's him running or whatever it is, it's, you know, that's handled in the clubhouse that's handled amongst his teammates and myself and the staff. And not everyone understands how hard it is to play every single day. Um, and when you're not doing exactly what you want to, you know, want to do perhaps performance wise, what kind of toll that takes on you mentally. So, um, Again, until people do, you know, until people, I think, walk in his in his path um, for a day or for a week, you know, you don't really understand how much this this guy has on his plate every day. So, Vladdy is always. I've said it for as long as I've known him. He's one swing or one game, you know, or a couple games away from just, you know, everyone kind of just, you know, just saying, okay, he's the best hitter in the league again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's it's. Oh, this season, this, every season is different. And, you know, I think there's been some really high expectations put on him uh, from the start of his career. And, you know, I, I do think at times unfair expectations. So uh, what he does here is what we're, what we're concerned about. The way he treats his teammates is what we're concerned about. And, um, you know, he's obviously one of the most talented players. And um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a totally different picture that, that people don't get to see all the time. Mm-hmm. John, how many plans do you have right now in terms of your pitching use uh, based on, you know, where you guys are in the standings, where you might be in the final week, who you might be facing the playoffs? Like, I understand you can't you can't look at everything, but you you do kind of have to have an idea. You have to have sort of a plan ready in case those final three or four games are life and death. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, Pete does a great job of kind of staying ahead of that, you know, with, based on who we are playing, um, who we may be playing. Um, I think it is nice that we have uh, a variety of different guys we can turn to in um, any game, really. You know, you want to have, you know, Gauze and Bassett out there as, as much as you can. Um, yeah, that's probably pretty obvious. Um, and if we need to, you know, work around an off day or something like that, when we get later into the month, we'll do that. But, um right now it's you know you feel good with all five of those guys you know going out there and with the strength of our bullpen 
Um, it allows us to do um, some aggressive moves when we need to. And, um, you know, if our starters are dealing, you know, Chris Bassett has last two. Um, they can go They can go as long as they have the pitches, too. So it's um, kind of an all-hands-on-deck approach from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a couple options uh, on paper written in, in a uh, nice, nice pencil that can be erased. Yeah, now with all the innings that your starting rotation has pitched, I, I was one of the guys that said in September, right? You're basically playing playoff games right now. You you lean on your your bullpen now because you can, right? They haven't pitched a ton of innings, but then you start dig, digging into certain guys, and they're getting around career, you know, points where they pitched a lot, right? Like Trevor Richards and, and Tim Mesa and Jimmy Garcia. Is, is there certain signs? Is there communication? I'm sure Petey talks to these guys and, and you know, he'll, he'll do the best at relaying the messages, but is there something you're looking for with certain guys that you know up, are up against it? You know, arm speed, movement, uh, velocity, location, those kind of things. Are you worried about any of that? I'm not worried about that, no. I mean, I know that you know, we have, you know, relied heavily on these guys. And, you know, you could throw Eric Swanson into that category, too. And hopefully mm-hmm. he's back um, relatively soon, um, early next week. But we're in constant communication with them. I think that they are also very good at telling us exactly how they feel, if they need to adjust their throwing um, on a daily basis. But they understand that, you know, they need to make themselves available basically every night. So having the addition of Chad Green, I think, really helps love what we've seen from him so far, especially his last two outings. Um, so it's, it's definitely, you don't have to really lean on the same two guys every day. If one day, if it's Timmy, the next day it could be Cabrera for a left-handed spot. Um, you know, if it's one day, if it's Trevor, the next day it could be Swanee and things like that. So it's, um, it's a really good group down there. I think that the things that you do monitor, Kev, you're, you're looking at, you're looking at velo and you're looking at executing and, yep. and where they're throwing each pitch. If any of those are suffering, um, you know, you, you just want to be in touch with them and see if there's different ways to go about it. Now, John, we know that Danny Jansen uh, has had surgery in his hand. You're a former catcher. Um, I, I mean, look, Jano's hugely popular with, with, with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to just, you got to feel for this guy, for what he's gone through this year, yeah. having the type of year he has. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate timing for Jano, obviously. He's kind of the, you know, quietly really um kind of a linchpin in our in our clubhouse you know someone that everyone respects not just the pitching staff um he's been here for quite a while and has really kind of you know put himself on the map in terms of what he can do on the field so feel terrible for him um you know personally that it, you know the timing aspect sucks um and it's just you know next man up you know we're going to lean on Kirky to to hopefully continue to swing the bat well and perform at a high level and, um, you know, Jeno, I think just being around the team is a good thing. And he's going to be here, um, hopefully, until he's ready to go again. John, listen, we appreciate you joining us uh, today, as always. Good luck this weekend and uh, this homestand. Go get him. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, guys. It's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. 707 is the first pitch. Got something you want to add? Not, not really. Like, it's like Groundhog Day. I mean, every, every time we ask him the question no, about no, his no, team. No, 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 the Vladdy, and, quest, the Vladdy and, question, he, stu- he, he, he backed up Vladdy. He stood up for Vladdy. I like the way you asked that question. You can uh, come on Jay's talk, which he should do. <laughs> I would love You know what would be funny? It'd be tremendous. That'd be great. Uh, well, the, he'd never do it. But no, he wouldn't either. He might. 
They win the World Series. Come on, I'll give you, you come, on. come on with me. No, he should just come on and host it someday. Let Barker do the post-game media session. Oh, I'd nail that. You would nail that. Oh, I'd nail that. Let yeah. Barker do the post-game Next. media session. <laughs> Next. That's a stupid question. Next. <laughs> Amy uh. got a smart question? Uh. Uh, 416-413-3959. What is that? That's the back leg line. Yeah. That's uh, an opportunity we give you to ask questions of Kevin Barker, make comments. Vent. Vent. What else? That's good enough. Trivia? Leave trivia? I'd never answer. Let's go to Jared in Calgary. Just to follow up what Kevin was saying about David Schneider being able to make those adjustments on the fly, as a big league hitter, if you are making these adjustments successfully, does that just turn into muscle memory, or do you have to make those adjustments every time pitchers make a change? So, for example, if they're throwing high heaters and now he's hitting the high heaters, they throw uh, breaking balls. He makes the adjustment. Then the league goes back to high heaters. Does he have to make another adjustment, or does that just turn into muscle memory and become a part of the well-rounded hitter that he would become? Thanks very much. Look forward to hearing uh, your answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a good question. I I I would I would think whenever you make that adjustment and you start having success because you've made the adjustment. It's muscle memory. If you can't figure it out and it continues to be a theme to where I don't like it up there, I keep getting it. It's like Chapman. Chapman don't like the elevated fastball. It's basically been all year. He just saying he just don't like the elevated fastball. For whatever reason, timing and and the the barrel slot just is not getting there on time enough to catch it out front and have it go where you want it to go. So yeah, I think I think that's I think sort of whenever you get used to feeling it from the ground up, it's the memory of once that pitch is there, I know how if I do it from the ground up, I know that it will go where it needs to go to be able to hit that pitch, and now you can worry about something else. And I do think, I think last time we had John on, not this time, we asked about Davis, and he was saying yes, that it's the one change that he's had to make it's not a bunch of them like the everyday guys right now you're starting to see okay you don't like the elevated fastball now we'll throw a breaking ball in a fastball count or we'll throw uh fastballs down and away like they'll do things now because you've made adjustments to try and combat that to make you make an, another adjustment and then you, again this is sort of I, this is why i come on this show all the time and tell any hitter if you can get in an athletic position quicker, it's like what's the difference between George Springer when he's good and when he's not good? You can actually on TV and in person see the pause. He's a straight up and down guy. It means he makes a positive move. There's no trigger. Like he'll wiggle it a little bit and he sort of raise. It's a little leg raise, but it's not a ton. But because he's so tall and he needs to be balanced. He needs to have that that quicker positive move, and he needs to get the foot down sooner. And you can actually see if it's down 
to hit velocity, he can have the little pause to adjust the barrel movement to a breaking ball. And that's what that when you want success consistently, you got to have a little bit of pause. And that's why right now and lately, George has been good because he's got the little pause, makes him on time and allows him to see the ball longer. Longer you see it, the better chance you got either laying off it or hitting it hard. Those two things will add up to success and help your team win baseball games. And that's why John comes on here and says that over and over and over again about the the game plans and they're trying to, you know, repeat that every game is to be in the best position you can be in to see the ball longer. There you go. How's that? Works for me. Jacob go. in London. With Jano out for the season, which I think is a, 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 a huge loss, doesn't help. Do you think we see Varshal behind the plate at all? God, I hope um, so. Say, for example, in a hypothetical situation, uh, Heineman starts the plate, gets hint, pinch hit four uh, by Kirky in the seventh, or sorry, in the fifth or sixth, mm. but in a tight ball game, down one or two in the eighth or ninth, um, Kirky gets pinch run four. Um, do you think we see that situation at all, or will we see sort of what happened a week, week and a half ago where Kirky stays in to catch the rest of the game? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. I mean, every team's got an emergency catcher. He's I, it, I, I, I would think he'd be the emergency He's catcher, it. but has he? They're, they're going to do everything possible to not let that happen. Yeah. Uh, did he catch it all in spring training? I, I, at all? He caught some uh, bullpens. He caught, okay. Did I do remember when I was talking to you, trying to hide from the wind? I could see him catching. But, yeah. But if it, it, it's, a, it's a fact. They want no part of that. Yeah, if that happens like, in a like, game, they've, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. His benefit is really far away from home plate. Yeah. I'll do respect. No, I, uh, but yeah, everybody's got an emergency catcher, you know, somebody who would put, the I think it's, I think it's Espinal and him. And it sounds like the way it's understood around there that Varsho, if he had to, he would put the catcher's gear on. I, I don't see the benefit in that, but no, he has done it before. So, and desperate times, well, desperate times. And, and we do know that. Situations do present themselves where Alejandro Kirk's lack of foot speed <laughs> comes into play. What are you laughing? I'm just telling the truth. But yeah, listen, the, the loss of Danny Jansen, there is a, you know, in addition to losing a guy who'd been a clutch hitter, if clutch hitters exist, um, I'm just saying that there seems, this seems to be a debate. But in addition to that... Debate with who? Yeah. People that's never done it before? In addition to that, there, there is a, there's an obvious impact on, on how, you know, how the game is, how the game is run. And this is... You know, He's a threat. This that, is, that's what they miss yeah. the most. Like, Kirky does a good enough job. Heinemann's going to do a good enough job. That's one of the reasons... Push that, the button quick enough and set up quick enough and... and Get them back on the tracks when they need to get back on the tracks. It's a he's a threat. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons that I like rosters being being expanded at the trade deadline. Or I'm sorry, when the AAA season was over. That's one of the reasons I liked it. And everybody gets yeah. And then you've got teams that are out of it. You've got 16 different bullpen arms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that with the advent of the three batter minimum rule. 
I, I liked it when, when guys were, reward, were rewarded by coming up to, to the majors. I liked it when there were 14 dudes. Why not? You rode the buses Just all year. Your, and You can take care of that easy. Just set the roster. So, so you can have 28, 29 guys that day. You could have and that's you could have however many people that, stand up there in the dugout because they've earned it. Absolutely. They've earned it. You can set a roster, whatever that number would and be, whatever would, they want to make that number. You yep. can make that number and give give the give your organization at the minor league level the 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 insurance that if you do well, you got an opportunity of getting called up, no matter if you'd play or not. It's good for sometimes young guys to come up and yeah, actually be is. a part of it. I absolutely. But I they've absolutely taken that away just because veteran guys are complaining about it. the buses are too crowded. I'll buy a new bus. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you who used to say that that I played with when I was the Blue Jays. <laughs> uh, a lot. You can guess. Oh, I I, I know. I, 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 You can guess. I'm willing to bet who Numero Uno would have been in that group. I won't say it, but. You know, I always used to complain about, oh, the bus is too full. I got to double up on bus. Boy, you've been stealing, and and it's you know, you raise your hand and go, you've been stealing money a long time. You ride the bus, not buy a new bus. Go take Uber. They got Uber. They didn't have Uber back then when you played. It didn't exist. (laughs) No, No, it didn't. It didn't exist back then. (laughs) I was going to be. Yeah, see what it's like to be old. See what it's like to be old. (laughs) See what it's like to be old. What a, Finally, oh. something that didn't exist when you played. What it's a like, way to end the Friday. No, it's true. <laughs> now you know what it's like to have. Oh, did they have the internet when you were younger? Mm-hmm. See, now you know they didn't. Now have you had Uber. to crank it. Carry your On pigeon. the bowl. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk following the Blue Jays five three win over the Kansas City Royals. So join us for that. We'll be back Monday with Blair and Barker from five to seven Eastern on Sportsnet radio, TV, wherever. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball.